0: Hey Megan. Yeah? What is it called when a snowman has a temper tantrum? I don't know what. A meltdown?
1: Oh man. (laughs) Hello everyone and welcome to episode 214 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman, your host as always. This week I'm joined by the princess of power, Amanda Farrow. How are you? Better now. Better now. Yes, this has been a challenging week for all parents. Speaking mm-hmm. of parents, we have a very special guest. This is the first time that Amanda has been on the show with her. We have uh, my wife, <laughs> Jenna Dutzman. Wife. My wife. <laughs> Jennifer Dutzman, Jenna, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. Please don't call me Jennifer though. I never go by Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I'm doing great. Um now that all the computers are put away, the kids are not doing digital learning anymore and they're on their video games. It's a good thing.
2: We got through another day. Another day of quarantine. We did it.
0: We, we sure did. did.
1: Yes, it has been quite a challenge, Jen. I have no idea why I called you Jennifer. I, it's so weird. I I just I don't know. I haven't Things called. Things
2: went my, sideways.
1: I only call my wife Jennifer when we're fighting. So I don't know. It's just weird. Um, and that's really when I want to be like super condescending. It really only happens once in a while because usually I'm. I it it just doesn't go well. So, um. But we've been under quarantine for, I don't even know how many days. I know there are people counting. I, I, I don't even know what star date it is. I know, the, uh, is, it, is it 12? I think the kids 12 say 12. It's It's been a while. Um, they're, they're,
0: not, they're not right. They're not right at all. It's been
2: eight. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah.
1: So here we are. Um so this week we've got two topics. Well first off to remind everyone, it's video game week. Last week we talked about board games that you could play while trapped inside the house and a man that gave us the directive that Linda and I had to publish those as written articles. I'm happy to report that two of the three have been published as of today. I will share those links with you. Woohoo! Um the third one will be finished tomorrow. We decided that we would make three articles of 10 as opposed to one of 30 because um, that's just how you make content on the internet, folks. So, um, But this week it's video games. Two topics, two somewhat different topics, one of them being Animal Crossing, which is pretty much all of Around the Horn. And then the the meaty topic is uh, next-generation consoles because we finally have real actual details about them as a result of a bunch of relatively dry blog posts from microsoft and arguably the most dry video ever published on the internet published by sony
2: nah bro nah that was asmr for tech nerds
1: it was <laughs> that was amazing. definitely asmr for tech nerds okay so um the one thing that i came out of it is that uh mark cerny one of the lead system architects over at sony sony is the cross between mr rogers and dana carvey just fix picture it
2: it's perfect we'll talk about it later yeah we i will. want to talk all about cerny's beautiful nonsense
1: yeah and we are so but first let's go around the horn um So Jenna, we'll let you speak in a moment. We have a weird audio setup where Jenna and I may not speak at even close to the same time. But um, we're going to talk about Animal Crossing. Let's just just dive right in. I have a full confession to make. I have not played a minute of the game.
2: (gasps) I don't know how to deal with this. I'm still processing this. You told me this like 10 minutes ago and I'm still processing.
1: Well, here's let me explain and then the good news here's the, that's the bad news the bad news is I have not played a minute of Animal Crossing not for lack of wanting um, but the good news is my wife has and uh, yeah. so uh, she is actually going to fulfill the role of me uh, she's going to be a unmitigated hype monster about uh, Animal Crossing and I, I appreciate it but I just haven't played so Amanda Yes. You have been playing since launch day? Did it come in for you on launch day?
2: Yes. Well, I bought mine digitally. So I oh, had so it preloaded. It was ready to go for first thing in the morning when I sat down after I got the children settled for <sighs> virtual school. Um, but once that was done, it's time for Animal Crossing. So I have been playing almost nonstop since launch.
1: Have you time Almost traveled?
2: No, no, that's okay. not how I play.
1: No. Okay,
2: I'm a purist.
1: We are uh, also a non-time traveling household. I banned that from my sons, and Maggie doesn't really understand how to do it. Um, so neither do I. <laughs> um, I'm sure that I can figure it out. Google is a thing. But okay. if I can, if I can change the brakes on a car, or like whatever, like I could probably change the time on my switch. So um, now we'll take a moment, um, and we're going to have Jenna talk. And Amanda, uh, Amanda and Jenna are going to have literally their first conversation ever talking about, which Amanda has been looking forward to for a while. Um, and they're going to talk about Animal Crossing. And guess what, guys? I'm going to be quiet. So Amanda, Ooh. you get to play the role of host. So, That's Jenna, really
2: exciting.
1: You, so I'm passing the reins to Amanda. Jenna, go for it.
2: Jenna, tell me everything.
0: Okay, so um, I don't frequently play video games, as you know. um, But when I do, I really want to play them. So um, Animal Crossing came out, and I was watching my daughter play. And it's very cute, very relaxing. I love the vibe. I love the music. I like the scenery and the waves and the sunset on the beach. And it's just addicting um it really is like it is shocking how easy it is to
2: lose a couple hours to this game yesterday I sat down and I started playing at like 8 30 I think the next time I looked up it was 11 that doesn't happen. I mean unless I'm playing Civ 6 that never happens
0: right Ever. and it happened to be same thing at night I'm playing and it you know it's getting dark in the game and I'm looking around and I'm still catching my butterflies and You know, I'm dropping off stuff at the shop. And then all of a sudden, I go to the shop to turn stuff in, and the shop is closed. And I'm like, is it after 10 o'clock at night? (laughs) So I went from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night, just lost. Didn't even realize that I had played for so long. Lost
2: Um, in time
0: and space. Exactly, exactly. And um, when I first started playing the game, I think day one, Maggie played. I didn't touch it day one. I think I picked it up day two. And I said, you know, this game is really fun and really boring. Those are my exact words, really fun and really boring. And it was because I was playing a second to my daughter. She's the main island representative. And I Mm -hmm. was playing the the secondary character who joined the island next. Um, And she just is, she's got the attention span of a nap. Uh, she does have ADHD but she loves the game and it's super cute and she's into buying the different clothes and the shoes she never has any bells because she spends all of her money and she doesn't do anything so she's like oh I've got a cute dress on oh there's a butterfly I'm gonna catch a butterfly oh there's a rock I'm gonna hit a rock oh there's a tree I'm gonna shake it and she can't pay attention to what she's doing in the game so she gets nothing done she runs around for hours but does nothing that's
2: amazing. Vivi hasn't started yet. Like, she keeps asking and I'm like, look, Mommy is done. Like, Bonus Mom is done playing her Switch game because Danielle was playing Murder by Numbers, which is like this pit cross murder mystery kind of game. It's fantastic. Sounds so awesome. D just finished it. Oh, so good. It's totally worth it. So, D's done. So the kids can have my old Switch because I, I I got an Animal Crossing Switch. <gasps> Oh, I did. It's cute. I'm both, I'm both ashamed of it and deeply not ashamed of it. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Oh, it's so great. And it's so pretty. I love it so much. Uh, But hi, team Maggie. Here. Yeah, Maggie came to visit. Hi, Maggie. Came to visit with her, her, her super cute hair. Um, so yeah, like I, I said to Viv, I'm like, you can go sit down and play this anytime. It's, it's loaded on the switch. It's ready for you. And she's like, uh, but how do I play it? And I'm like, I literally don't have time to walk you through this. I have, mama's busy, baby. Mama's busy. I'm building bridges. I have new villagers coming in. I have to make their furniture because Tom Nook apparently can't. I had to live in a tent, but (laughs) other
0: people- you know, don't have to. Right. I love that Maggie is like furiously running back and forth between the camera. I can't see myself on the camera, so I have no idea what's going on, but she is totally interrupting this podcast every second oh. she can. Oh, um, so she, she started playing in, I don't know if it was Happy Home Designer or New Leaf that she started playing. Um, but she learned how to play kind of on her own. Nobody really helped her, but once she was able to read, it she started picking League? up the game. Yeah, when mm-hmm. did you start playing, Maggie? New Leaf. New Leaf. Um and so Actually, once.
1: Pocket she, no,
0: New Leaf. And so once she could read, that was kind of her, her start. But like I said, I don't know how she accomplishes anything. Her brothers give her everything on the DSs. They just kinda of log into her village and drop everything off. No, I don't so um what, is
2: place,
0: what i finally ended up doing to make a very long a rambling story short is when she goes to bed i play as her and i do all of the stuff that she needs to do in the village and then i log Brilliant. back in and, and play as me so um she doesn't have any nook miles so i use the nook miles to go and travel to the other islands and collect all the stuff and then I just drop it off in front of her house and then I log in as her and it's kind of cheating but it's the only way that I can actually play the game and accomplish anything so she went for I played second starting second day I've already built the museum built the bridge got all three houses for people to come and visit me furniture in two out of the three and most of the third one finished so I just need I just need one stone. Busy. Yeah, it's been it's been addicting. Ask Steve. I I don't put it down when I have free time. He's shaking his head vigorously, saying, "Whenever she has free time, that's what she does." <laughs> All right, I'll mute myself to let him give his feedback here.
1: So, everything that Jenna said is true. Um, with Megan, the thing that's interesting about the way she plays is she's always busy. She's always doing something. She's just a just like right now she's just, just a like spiral right of activity um but the but it's what's really interesting about it is that it's a really cool contrast to the way that the boys are playing which is they are you know Jacob is a little bit less focused but Evan refers to himself as a power gamer in Animal Crossing which I'm not entirely That's Mike. certain is possible um,
0: it's but...
2: It's totally possible. You can game that economy like nobody's business. Once you figure out the hot ticket items, and I'm not even just talking about um, Nook's Crannies, which is the shop that you get after you upgrade from Resident Services, which is in the tent, and Tom Nook never leaves for whatever weird reason, and then golf clubs move in. Like, after Timmy and Tommy build their cabin, I don't even know. It's, it's ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. But... Mike figured out how to game that economy, so he is making tens of thousands of bells every single time he sits down. So he paid off two mortgages and he's on to his third. If right? you mean
1: to tell me, if you mean to tell me oh. Oh. I mean, if you mean to tell me that Mike uh is one to game an economy, I'll believe you. Um <clears throat> And what's crazy about all this is I'm watching this happen and I want to play. But the reality is the only way I will be able to is um, if we get a fourth Switch and a fourth copy of Animal Crossing, which I love my wife. I don't think that she would allow unless we were to... Now, here's the thing. Had I known this was going to happen, I would have suggested getting her her own switch light switch light because then we would have had four but getting her the switch but but now it's too late now her character is on megan's island so it's too late so we got to wait for the next animal crossing game i guess um or a couple of months when we just do it um but
2: and you start over because starting over is fun
1: um well i mean we could also—I mean, there's plenty of other video games that she needs to play, like I don't know, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and uh, The Murder Legend of Numbers. Murder by Numbers. She definitely needs to play Murder Numbers and Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, which she has not played one minute of. My wife has not played one minute of Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. It's we're we're a weird family, um, so. Oh, go ahead, Jim. <laughs> She's
0: okay. So, I haven't played One Minute of Breath of the Wild because I have never been able to access a Switch since the day that we got one. Now that Jacob has a Switch Lite, I might be able to access one of the two Switches in the house because now there's a third one in here and I might be able to play Zelda. And who knows what's going on with work. So, I mean, maybe I'll have time on my hands. Right now it's up in the air, but we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) So, I can get away from Animal Crossing. Maybe I'll play Legend of Zelda.
1: Okay, that's fair. I mean,
2: you're not really missing anything. It's not... I mean... I'm going to shut up now.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's an argument I'm
2: not going to win. I'm not going to win that argument. Wow. I never win that argument.
0: Well, Ocarina of Time... Ocarina of Time is my favorite game ever. So, Hmm. maybe Breath of the Wild would be good?
2: I loved Ocarina... You know what? We need to talk. We need to talk about Zelda... But not in this instance.
1: <laughs> we can have a we can have a Zelda episode when we're not having an Animal Crossing episode. Although I will I say this, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild is the best video game Nintendo has ever made. Full stop. Period. Anyway, um, so full stop. Period. Fight me. Um, I
2: will fight you.
1: <laughs> so anyway, Animal Crossing. Um, so Evan is power gaming. Jacob is casually enjoying it. Um, but Maggie is just always busy and getting nothing done. Um, but she has, like, a mysterious benefactor, and that's really kind of, like, she wakes up and it's like, Oh! A bridge! Oh, this! Oh! Good, oh! And, um...
2: Who did it? Who did it? Because
1: somebody named Boomer came to my town. Oh, what? Somebody named Boomer came to your town? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, so, okay, Boomer. So, um, the... The, the lesson that we learned from this Maggie and Jenna situation is, um, and this is hard advice that I would give to any parent, is if you are going to share Animal Crossing between multiple people, one of whom cares and one of whom does not, for example, an adult and a very young child, the adult should build the island first and then Agreed. log out and let the other mm-hmm. kid make their island, make their character and move in. Yeah, And this is purely practical, uh, because as of right yeah. now... Now, Animal Crossing is actually getting review-bombed on Metacritic right now because of this. Um, and there's a big thread on... Uh, now, review-bombing, I don't believe in. But there's actually... It, it is actually no. a legit complaint and criticism, I think. Because, like, the, the the second person on the island should be able to, like, participate in some of these adventures and they can't like right now if you were to start building your museum if you didn't start building your museum i couldn't help you like yeah. i can't do anything um yeah. so like there's a whole bunch of like different quests and activities that you just can't do unless you are the village resi- the uh the resident representative
2: oh okay so i can see why that is is especially challenging when you have a youngling that's like i don't care i just want to chase butterflies mom what's the problem and why are you getting all up in my all up in my business about my butterfly catching
1: yes and then jenna's (laughs) like but where's this museum like i'm supposed to be able to like donate my bugs and She sees the museum that the boys have because they built it day one because they just it takes five bugs to get started, and she couldn't do it, and she tried to talk to the guy, and the option isn't even there to start it herself. Um, And some of this – That's no good. It'd be one thing if anyone could contribute to it, and maybe if there were multiple people on the island you had to work together. There are actually times Mm -hmm. where – Um, Jenna will try and talk to get a quest started and it will say, you need to talk to Maggie and find out what she needs. Now, part of that is cool because I get it. They assume that if you're sharing one switch that you are like in the same family. But it really makes it hard to share one island. And you don't have a choice not to. Because if you only have one Switch, which there are a lot of families that only have one Switch, everybody's living oh, on I'm one sure. island. Oh, i sure. So I think that is a real thing. We're actually going to have, Jenna and I are working on, like, a strategy article on, like, how to overcome the challenges presented by sharing an island. And my I sincerest hope, my sincerest hope is... Is that that article becomes invalid when sometime in the next handful of months, Nintendo patches this to allow every account to have their own island if they so choose? Um, I don't. I'm not holding. I'm not holding my breath. But man, would it be nice um, to give people the choice? I know it is not that hard. I've spoken to developers. It is not that hard. It would not be challenging. Um, okay. It would be as hard as anything else in a video game would be. I recognize video game development is hard, but like, you know, they could do it. Um, they just chose not to.
2: It's, it's Nintendo. I think, okay, so from my perspective, if I can put my business hat on just for a second. Of course. I feel like I feel like a piece of this is for anti cheating and gaming the system in a way that doesn't benefit anyone or that only that that like ends up shortcutting the game in such a way that you know it ends up subverting the intended experience. Nintendo's really weird like that. It's not just Nintendo that does silly stuff like this. Like Sony does stuff like this. I know that Sega Atlas has done stuff like this where they just they want to lock everything down. They don't want to give you that kind of Taste of freedom. They want you to buy multiple copies of Animal Crossing. They want multiple switches in homes. And from a capitalist perspective, from a business perspective, it's brilliant. It's excellent marketing. It's excellent. It's an excellent way to be like, oh, I was thinking about getting a switch light and now I just kind of have to. um I don't agree with it. Like, I think it's a cool idea to share resources, but we. Our households have so many kids. You guys have three kids. I've got four kids, and thankfully, only one of them is playing Animal Crossing. But uh, and that's Grace. Surprisingly, like shockingly, Grace is playing like my 16-year-old. Like, what happened? She doesn't play video games. What is this? Um, but she loves Animal Crossing. So yeah, I think that I think that this is like a twofold problem: is they didn't take into account big families. They didn't take into account families that only have one Switch. And if they did, they just didn't care. They're like, "Go buy a light.
0: What's your problem?" Right. I think I think that's exactly the thing. Is that they really didn't take it into account. I can't even help her as a secondary person on the island build the furniture for the houses. Um, I don't have the recipes to do it. So they they really like limited it how you can play as a second person. Now, if I co-op join with her and we play together on the same switch where she invites Mm -hmm. me and I come to the Island, then I can help her, but she still has to do all the work. I can just give her resources and things like that. I still, as far as I could see, I still don't get the recipes myself. I don't get the ability. Like I couldn't build the bridge. I couldn't even, even if I had the materials, I couldn't do it as a secondary player. She has to do it all. And I, I understand where they're coming from a business perspective. It does sell more switches. It does sell more copies of the game but it might actually kind of come around and bite them because exactly. there's going to be families who, you know, we have a, a friend who has two kids, and their boys would enjoy this game. If they can't cooperate and play together and both accomplish something, they're going to fight, and their parents aren't going to want to buy it if it's just going to cause them to fight, you know?
1: So, uh, Linda, you were talking about John and Linda, right? So, Linda, board game editor for Engage... Like, there is no way I can recommend Animal Crossing for their house. There's just no way. Because they have two sons that are relatively close in age. And they would... Okay. Unless one of them ex- explicitly was like, yeah, I just want to mess around and like hit trees. Like Unless he was explicitly and not wanting... To, yeah, unless he didn't want to play the game, but just wanted to play the game.
0: If mm-hmm. you know what I
1: mean. Uh, I can't recommend it to them. So right now, I have a very difficult time recommending it to one-switch households that have kids close in age. It's super great for, you know, older, you know, teenage brother, you know, six-year-old sister, right? Like, you know, where it's like big age gap and you can have one person kind of running it and the other person kind of running around. Like, not a big deal. Or two kids of the same where they don't care and they're just interchangeable. That also is kind of cool. Um, but they would have to go in knowing that. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's... it's it, That is the one thing holding this back. Because aside from the challenges of sharing a game, this game is immaculate. I mean, I have watched it. I've sit down. Um, it really is. And every minute that I've seen... Every frame of animation has just been so wholesome and fun. Twitter has been so pleasant over the last couple of days because it's just been it's I mean, man, I've needed it because it's like non it's either dystopia or animal crossing. And like, you know, the, just the little short videos and the screenshots. And I don't know if you saw, but like the IGN wikis team, like on one of their islands, they made like a special meeting place So they can take pictures. Like this is this is the game that is going to keep being, like it's going to keep growing and keep getting cooler over time as people as more and more people really express themselves creatively. Like I absolutely love it, except for that one little thing. And frankly, that's the reason why I haven't made my own island. Like I I just because I don't want to be second guy. It's but I I, it's still probably and. It, it is still one of the best games to come out so far this year easily and will depending on how the fact that things might just not come out, um, it might still end up being the best game one of the best games of the year. but yeah, I, it's, it is one th- frustrating little bit. but meanwhile Evan, who is actually writing the review for our site, um, Lord knows he has time on his hands now um, is um, it's his game of the universe. Like for him, game
2: this is, of the universe.
1: Like for him, he's like, I, I don't care if we don't get another game the rest of the year. Now I know that that's absolutely not true. Um, But you know, Hip. it sounds a little hyper hyperbolic, but the reality is even for him, he's like, you know what? This is the, the, I could play this game forever. Cause you know, he got a, he, he, cause he loves every little activity. He loves the activity loop. Um, It's so good. Jen, the loop
2: what, is so satisfying. Jenna, I want to know, like, what what about the Animal Crossing experience really speaks to you as somebody that, you know, will come in and hit a game hard and then peace out and go back to, you know,
0: the rest of your life? I think because maybe it's because of the times and everything is so stressful around them, the relaxation part of the game. The fact that there's there's no pressure. You're, you know, you can you can go catch butterflies, you can go fish, you can go collect shells from the seashore. Um, there's no pressure and um, no puzzles. You know, if you want to craft, you craft. If you don't want to craft, you just go and do other things. Um, I think that's what appeals to me about it right now. I played a little bit of Pocket Camp when it came out on the phone and it was cute for a while and then it, I just kind of lost interest and I don't know, right now, I haven't lost interest in this, hopefully, I'll keep playing because you can keep expanding the island and there are challenges in there built in I think I might keep playing because it's going yeah. it, to, that's part of what's in the game that's appealing, that wasn't in Pocket Camp like Pocket Camp, there's no challenge
2: no, so I kind of Yeah, you know, I kind of gave up Yeah, Yeah. and I can understand that. Like, I I put Pocket Camp aside uh, because it got very microtransaction-y and, like, I just kind of got tired of it. But my my favorite part of uh, New Horizons is the Nook Miles. Like, it genuinely is. I love that I'm always crafting. I love that I can earn miles and I can go, like, visit cool mystery islands and find cool new flowers or you know, uh, go and harvest a bunch of iron ore or whatever. What the heck are they called? Iron nuggets. Right. Um, But I love that. I love that it's such a cozy experience, but there's also something to always be focusing on and always be doing. It keeps my mind busy instead of letting my brain wander off thinking about my wife being at the hospital and treating patients and being exposed to the virus every day. So I'm like, okay, this is something else to focus on. This is better. Right. This is right. less anxiety inducing. I, I, right. Low level dread as opposed to high level dread.
0: Right. And it's, you know, there's always, there's always a challenge, but you don't have to accept that challenge if you don't want yes. to. And you can just do whatever you want. Um, I, I, I kind of like that the day, you right. know?
2: Like just do whatever right. you want. You want to go and make a bunch of bells? Go fishing a whole bunch. Go and find a bunch of clams and make fish food. And that's like your whole day. You don't exactly. have to do anything else. Or if you just want to invite a bunch of friends over, you can like hang out on Discord and have a big bonfire. Like that's also really cool.
0: It is. It is very cool. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of people sharing their friend codes and people kind of working together and, and just hanging out. Um, I think that, you know, what Steve said in the beginning, this is this is a relief. This is bringing people together in a way that I didn't expect. Um, and I certainly didn't expect it to catch me. I mean, I've got piles of books to read in my free time, which is what I normally do. And somehow this just kind of caught me because it was so charming. And, you know, I think that's that's really cool.
2: Yeah, I feel this. And honestly, I I'm really interested to see if I can get Danielle into playing it because she just doesn't, these kinds of games just don't speak to her. But I keep showing her my house and she's like, that's a nice house, Amanda. It's a nice house. That's a nice garden you got there. It's a pretty museum. I'm like, right, right. How about you come join us? Come join the death cult. I mean, the cult of animal. I mean, uh, the club. The club. Right.
0: The club. Pardon the sound in the background. People are setting off fireworks in our neighborhood, um, randomly. Oh. So um, I apologize for that, Stephen. Oh. I'll let you go ahead and and, and join. while I go check out what's going on? Okay. Be safe.
1: Yeah, no, they're clearly fireworks. You can hear it's not it's not gunshots that we assume are fireworks. You can actually on my end hear the crackle of whatever it is. I mean, listen, if you can't go outside your house, just go on your porch and shoot off fireworks, I guess. Ah, so ha, um, ha,
2: ha, ha. I hate it.
1: I, y- okay, Maggie, I gotta work here, sweetheart. Maggie is very, very excited.
2: Oh my goodness, bless her forever she, she and very, Vivian would be the best of friends They would.
1: she is very excited um, she about is. everything, everything. So, so that's Animal Crossing folks um, we have so here's what we got um, if you are interested in understanding vaguely how the multiplayer works um, like on a very high level um, we actually have an article up on EngagedFamilyGaming.com. I published it yesterday well actually I published it back in February but I updated it with new information and screenshot um uh, as of yesterday and it is a, and pardon my wife talking and calling people trying to figure out what the heck is going on on our street um, so uh, go go to the Engage Family Gaming website and just take a look for it just search for Animal Crossing it, we will go through how the multiplayer works um, and Jenna and I are going to work on an article about the challenges of sharing a copy of Animal Crossing we also have a review coming uh, it will be published this coming Monday um, by one Evan Dutzman. It will be his first piece of written work for com. That's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, that's Animal Crossing. We did it. it f- probably mean, part one. Probably yeah, I was part one. to say, I'm
2: like, no, we're going to have to have Jenna back and we're going to have to have more conversations about Animal Crossing. So I want to know everything about what you're learning and trials and tribulations and how you're overcoming them with multiplayer because i want to pass that on to grace just in case vivian decides that she wants to start playing with her too so this is all extremely valuable jenna thank you so much this has been like i can't believe this is the first time that we're talking i steven and i have been like podcasting for a year
0: (laughs) i know it's i know it's crazy um (laughs) but it was been it's been fun being on for the animal crossing do you want me to stay on for the rest of it steve
1: it's up to you um why don't we take a break why don't we take a break and we'll decide that and then we will come back because i have a feeling that we're about to get a little nerdy and you want to play animal crossing honey
2: we're gonna get a lot nerdy all right
1: so everybody we're gonna take a break we're gonna decide whether or not jenna wants to wants to participate in the rest of these shenanigans and then we'll be back this is steve i'm the host if you like listening to this podcast you probably like some of our other content too you can find that all over social media so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engaged family gaming perhaps you might like to see some stuff on twitter by going to twitter.com slash e f g a m i n g or maybe you just want to head on over to instagram and look for engaged family gaming there see you later guys bye now All right, everybody, we're back. It's me and Amanda. Jenna has decided that she wanted to play Animal Crossing more than she wanted to talk about the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. So, Amanda, last week what sure was something. Woo! Sure was yeah. something. So, that was the thing. So here's what happened. Last Monday... Microsoft released a series of blog posts, a furious series of blog posts, yes. um, where they covered all manner of details about the Xbox Series X. Uh, they talked about the controller... Not to be
2: confused with the Xbox One X. Oh my God, yeah. this is going to be a naming nightmare.
1: The good news is that... Um, we'll just write an article that explains what all of them mean. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. We will make Don't it. Don't panic. However... Just assume when we say the Xbox, we are referring to the Xbox Series X, which is the next generation console that is coming theoretically this holiday. They say this holiday. I say theoretically because just like they told us at Toy Fair, all these numbers are made up and no one knows. So, um and then so that was Monday and then Tuesday happened.
2: Yes. Oh, Tuesday.
1: And then Tuesday was a Tuesday, and then Wednesday, um, PlayStation dropped uh, what was a fifty-minute-long video um, that was was in it was glorious. (laughs) I'm sure you were very excited. Um, I was was, so happy. um, That was intended to be a technical talk run by one of their head system architects, who's probably one of the smartest men alive for game devs, not for consumers.
2: Exactly. And that was something that I was really adamant about on Twitter when people were saying like, oh, well, you know, like, why did they air this? Why didn't they change it? Because it's not for you. This was a talk that was supposed to be had at the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco last week, because last week was supposed to be GDC 2020. Yep. Right, they pushed it back to the summer, which I sincerely doubt is going to happen because I still don't think that we are going to have this licked um, by August. I just mm-hmm. don't. I just don't Ooh. know. We'll have to. We'll have to see. Sure. We're also in and in, in and around the New York area, so my perspective is a little skewed right now. But on that whole topic, like, but leaving
1: leaving the greater New York area to go to San Francisco doesn't sound like a great plan.
2: No. <laughs> no, it does not. Not a great no. strategy. Not um, a bad strategy right now. So before we move on to like actually talking about the specs and talking about, you know, what Microsoft and Sony were trying to communicate to fans, I you know, if if you're really interested in what a game industry analyst has to say about the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 in terms of market conditions and whether or not they think project Forecast um, are dreaming of, uh, you know, what the what the future is going to be for these consoles and whether or not they're going to launch in Q4 this year, Q4 calendar year of uh, 2020. You should check out Virtual Economy uh, episode three. I think is with Matt Piscatella, and we talk about this extensively. So,
1: um, which by the way, we jumped into Animal Crossing very quickly, but you, um, but bought... We did not... Good night, Maggie. Um, but we uh, did not get the chance to properly plug your new podcast, which is Virtual Economy with you and Mike. And you had a number of guests while you record pretty much non-stop every day for the last two weeks um,
2: yeah we're taking it a little easier this week we're only doing three three episodes this week but last week we we had an episode a day.
1: that also explains why Matt Piscatella followed Engage Family Gaming out of the out of the blue um so, because I was like, why did he follow me? And now I know why, because he met you. Well, it's not that he met you. He talked to you. Um, yes, so,
2: and I mentioned EFG.
1: Oh, well, that's good. That explains why he found us. Um, I mean, I've tweeted at him before. But anyway, so, um, so thanks. Um, oh so, yeah. So, obviously, if you want, like, the crunchy business end of this, um, yes. as always we will now recommend that you go listen to an episode of the Virtual Economy Podcast. We, um, I think we're gonna, I think the best way to do this, let's just go through what it said, and then yeah. um, we'll just talk about like what that means for parents and families. Okay. So, let's start with the Xbox, because I think it's possible that we know more about the Xbox than we, we do, do about PlayStation 5, I think.
2: Yes, and we've already gone through these technical specs in a previous episode we'll make sure that we have it in the show notes so that so that you can see like what we're talking about i've already broken down what rdna2 technology is what that architecture means we've talked about teraflops um we've talked about the importance of solid state hard drives so with the xbox one X, or sorry the xbox series x i am going to do that it's gonna happen i said
1: If you if you hear us talking about it, we're we'll just assume that we're talking about the Xbox Series X. I'm right just now. gonna
2: call it the Series X because if I if I say Xbox in front of it, I'm just gonna say Xbox One because that's where my brain is right now. Well, so what are here's the deal. Whatever technology you are interested in that we need to talk about, how about you ask me questions that you're unsure will do my best to try to explain it?
1: Sure. Well I think the for me um, we've already talked about a lot of like the heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the things that they talked about that I think is probably going to matter more for us as families, people that are going to have multiple people sharing your console, um, is the idea of, um, because of the way the drives work and all that, being able to save, have multiple games loaded up at one time. And being yes. able to swap from them without having to reload, um, and without big load time. So, th- that why don't you explain that process, and then we can talk about how cool that is. Because I think that's a game changer for oh, yeah. families that have multiple kids or multiple kids and a parent sharing yeah. that console. Because mm-hmm. that means you don't have to you don't have to lose a huge amount of progress, so your kid can hop in and play Fortnite with their bros. Mm-hmm. So go ahead.
2: Okay, so quick anecdote: my eldest son wanted to play Murder by Numbers on my Switch before I ended up getting a uh, the the Animal Crossing Switch for it to come in. So I was playing, you know, Cooney Rough, which I was in the middle of a dungeon. He exited out. I lost all my progress for the dungeon. So. The reason why that ended up happening is because the Switch's memory doesn't function that way. It's not a hard drive. It's flash memory. It's very short term. You just, you gotta do what you gotta do. It's the way it works. So with consoles like the Xbox, the Xbox Series X and the new PlayStation, the PlayStation 5, because they have solid state hard drives and the way that those hard drives, this is, this is solely based on Mark Cerny's conversation, his presentation rather, um, that happened last Wednesday. I think that for the PlayStation, they are going to have faster loading times, not just because of the way that, not just because of the solid state drive, but the way that they save things to the solid state drive and the way that they are actually moving data in and out of that data stream and the way they're reading and writing from, from the hard drive itself. So for the Series X, even though it will be, this, the specs are kind of similar between the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, but they're completely different systems. So the, archi- the underlying architecture is gonna be completely different. So I don't necessarily know how they are reading and writing to that hard drive, but I know that they are doing a number, and this is like based on information that I've been given, um, that, and, and also based on the past they always do big OS updates. Every single time they push out a new console. So the operating system will be completely different. And I mean, Microsoft, they're the they are the regents of, of operating systems, right? So being able to multi-thread and run a number of different processes at the same time, that's what you see on a PC, right? I have a number of different applications running at the same time right now. I've got OBS running in the background, you know, Steve and, Steve and I are talking on Skype. I've got Chrome. I've got, uh, you know, Photoshop running. So imagine that, but you're going to use that for games on a console so that when you get onto that console, it doesn't matter that you were playing, I don't know, Assassin's Creed and your kid hops on to play Garden Warfare 2. I think it's 2, isn't it? That's the latest one.
1: Um, now it's Battle for Neighborville. It's not numbered.
2: Oh, okay, battle for New real. Because we bad.
1: don't do numbers anymore.
2: Okay, numbers are numbers are gauche. Numbers, numbers My bad. are passe. They're passe, they're gauche. We don't do them. Okay, that's fine. Regardless. Whatever your kid ends up wanting to load up, you don't have to lose the single player pro progress for that particular game because of the way that the hard drive operates within the operating system. I don't know what the details look like. For that but it means that you won't get into an you won't get into a situation that i was in with um, my eldest son where i'm like ah oh, bud i spent like an hour on that dungeon that dungeon is not fun why are why would you <sighs> yeah i know
1: yeah absolutely does or, that, make, sen- does that no, make sense makes total sense i mean the reality is from a practical perspective and this looks like you know it's going to be possible on you know it'll be possible on both consoles um but you know one of them will be better than the other we'll figure it out when we get there but the idea of i mean i really we'll find out when we're closer digital foundry will find out for us because they find right. out everything um As and they, they are, show, they are yeah, the
2: best outlet for it
1: that is what they do um that and confuse me Th- those are the two things <laughs> that they're really good at so um from a practical purpose i think that is such a huge change um and because I, I, you just described a use case I have plenty more you know, my kids are like hey I want to play you know I, I want to get in there and play Fortnite so that means I have to stop save my game and by, that, by the time that's done their friends might be gone or maybe they don't you know maybe the, 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 the quick moment to play is over whereas right. being able to just say cool suspend my game have them hop into Fortnite or have Fortnite suspended so that they can right. just hop right in. Um, that's that's absolutely huge. Um,
2: it's a game changer. Uh, yeah. It really is. Ha, 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 ha. I see what uh, I there. I, I didn't you're, even you're, do that on purpose.
1: It's um and I'll I'll forgive the use of the cliche only because it's perfect and this is a podcast and not written. But if it was written, I would be I would expect that there would be red pen on that. Can't call things a game changer. It's a cliche. Susan Arndt would not Thank let you. you do that. Um, Thank you. So true,
2: Susan is is not. She would not, not my you, editor. She
1: would not. She would not allow you to call that. Call anything a game changer. Anyway, so, um, so that's the big thing, and that's actually on both, com, you know, both consoles. Both of them will be able to do that, at least that they have said they can. Um, how it works, you know, quality-wise, we'll find out. The next piece, um, just going with continuing with the Xbox, um, you know they. And this was a big, this is going to be a big sticking point as we figure out how these two com- consoles differ. Um, Microsoft quadrupled down on the um, Xbox ecosystem with backwards compatibility as far, you know, and the this is one of those features that I think is going to really make a big difference now because there are so many games from the Playstation 4 and even the Playstation 3 that still live um, like from this gen- generation that still live and are going to be moving into the future um, this whole backwards compatibility thing um, and Xbox is they made it very clear a while ago and man did they confirm it Xbox, the Xbox Series X is going to everything. I mean, well, why don't you explain it? Cause I'm sure you have more eloquent words talking about how they're going to do what they're doing with backwards compatibility.
2: So from what I understand, the forwards and backwards compatibility is, is all, and we've talked about this in a previous episode with um, smart delivery. I believe that that is what we are looking at is that the compatibility is like I they didn't go into really how they're going to do it so I don't really want to get into that too much but the nice thing about the smart is that it makes it makes it easier for say you to play a multiplayer game on the Xbox One and for me to pick up a Series X and for us to still play together where it's cross generational that is amazing that's phenomenal you've never been able to do that before you've never been able to do cross-generational stuff before especially in a shared ecosystem so say for example you picked up destiny 2 because you decided the time was right and i picked up destiny 2 on the series x because obviously it's going to get upscaled to the series x and it's going to look beautiful and amazing and bungie's going to do an amazing job i don't have any information about that but i'm imagining it or whatever hotness for looter shooter or FPS or whatever it is that we're gonna play. Maybe Overwatch Two. Maybe that's what that is.
1: I think Overwatch Two is probably the best example because we know that's yeah. gonna happen.
2: That is well, that is a hundred percent going to happen. So yeah, that's the 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 cross generational um is amazing and that is mind blowing. I wish I had more information on how the technology worked, but I don't think that they really got into it. The the best thing though is that they are bringing forward the 360 games. Like, there are some cool OG Xbox games, but they are nearly as interesting as the 360 games. The 360 library is unbelievable. Like, between the PlayStation 3 and the um, X60, my Xbox 360 collection is enormous. In comparison to the PlayStation 3, like, my PlayStation 3 collection is minuscule. So I want to be able to bring those bring those forward and to be able to go into my library and be like, all right, well, what do I want to play today? Oh, I really kind of want to get started on playing Gears 2 because I just finished playing the original Gears of War with Mike. So, you know, those kinds of things. Like, it's, it's just so interesting to be able to do that and have it just work because it's built into the architecture and because of the way that Spencer and two... An even greater standard, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella are all about gaming for everyone. They don't want there to be barriers to entry. They just want you to get in and they just want you to start playing. And they already know that they have a wealth of games that they can offer based on so many years of you know launching consoles, so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and another just really cool detail um, was the controller, which I think didn't really, really? get a lot of hype. Um, It did not. And I noticed some very specific details um, that hit me. Um, And the biggest one is that it's being designed for smaller hands. Um, It is. Which is super relevant for us. Um, So the Xbox One has been around for uh, seven years now-ish. And um, She Who Needs No Title, Kelly, her daughter, when they first bought the Xbox One, she could not effectively hold the controller. Like, she had to do this weird thing where she was, like, propping it up on her legs. She was tiny. Um, and it's not so much of an issue now. And so they had to go out and look for a special controller, and there were com- there was a company that made a special, smaller Xbox One controller. Um, but, she, you know, her daughter didn't particularly like it because she felt like she was using a quote-unquote like a baby controller, right? Sure. Um, and so she did it because she wanted to play games um, and you do what you got to do to play Skylanders, obviously. However, mm-hmm. um, now the fact that the con- the controller is being designed to be a little bit more accessible to people with smaller hands um, and just different hand shapes um, really, it really appeals to me. Um, I am a PlayStation 4 controller guy. Um, I know everybody has... Mm-hmm their own preferences. I love the DualShock 4, um, but I'm certainly not, you know, opposed to the Xbox. Um, And I think I might even like it if it was a little bit smaller. Um, So I like that idea. Also, um, it has a share button built right in. And let me tell you, um, as someone who needs to take screenshots and small videos, um, I don't bother on the Xbox because you have to use no, like menus difficult. and other yeah. stuff. And now I will feel comfortable doing so, which is great considering how beautiful these games are going to look. I mean, that's the oh, one thing we absolutely. absolutely know. We don't even have to really talk about it. We know these games are going to be absolute bananas looking. Um, oh, yeah. If you want to see what bananas is, have you seen the demo of Minecraft with ray tracing?
2: I sure have.
1: Like they made Minecraft look super cool and like Minecraft has an aesthetic, but like this one was like, it it definitely showed off that tech, this is going to affect everything. Cause if you can make Minecraft look quote unquote pretty, then what are you going to do for games that like are supposed to look pretty?
2: Exactly. So the next, I mean, look, one of the things that Mark Cerny talked about with the PlayStation 4 is that it was very incremental so the the difference between the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4, although it was a push forward, it wasn't a monumental leap. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing for the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One. Yes, in some ways it was a push forward, but in other ways it just kind of stayed still. The great thing about including bleeding edge, almost bleeding edge technology in a console is that it's gonna take even longer for the for this particular decay curve so it's going to it's going to peak right it's going to peak towards mid-cycle because the the uh, nintendo switch is on its way down on the other side of the decay curve um but the great thing about these consoles is that they're going to be powerhouses no matter how we slice it my feeling between the two consoles if i look at them even just based on the specs that Microsoft released and the information that Mark Cerny detailed during his presentation that was meant for GDC, the PlayStation 5 is going to be unbelievably beautiful. And it's going to be fast as heck. And the Xbox Series X is going to punch you between the eyes with its power. That is going to be the big difference between the two systems. Sony is continuing in its pedigree for being gorgeous for you know and and actually pushing ahead to be fast because i don't know if you've noticed the horrific load times in most playstation consoles and by most i mean literally all you know cerny is really looking to change that based on the way that they're doing the the io reads on and the the way that they're pushing updates and the way that they're blocking memory like it's just really fascinating like the whole thing I don't want to get into it cuz it's way too technical and I'm probably misremembering a bunch of things but man this these consoles are I was kind of excited for the PlayStation 4 and the and the Xbox One I am unbelievably psyched about these consoles these are going to change the way games are developed and games are consumed
1: yeah I I don't really have a better way of of expressing that um I am I'm very
2: passionate about this as we can see
1: you absolutely are well I mean you have probably recorded several hours talking about it since last Wednesday and so here we are I'm catching you like at a fever pitch so here's for me I'm already an unmitigated hype monster so I was excited about these things um and was going to be picking them up regardless. So, oh, it really, for me, it's same. just a matter of the order in which I get them. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, so for me and my purchasing decisions, they are not advice for everybody else. Like I, I, I this like I said, I, I was saying to my wife, this is work for me. Um, but it's also you know a joyous task. Um, these yes. are right. It's a joyous task, and so. For us, we can't give anybody advice now. Like Amanda and I are going to sit down and like really, when it comes time and get closer, Amanda and I are going to sit down and- Once we
2: have numbers, once we have MSRP numbers, then we will be able to have that conversation where we can break down, okay, so you're looking- if your family has X Y Z needs, this is the console that we believe, and we're not going to be prescriptive. If was you didn't I? know she
1: was Canadian yet, she dropped a Z on us, guys. So if you didn't oh, know sorry. she was Canadian, if you oh, didn't know sorry she was Canadian, about that. Um, yeah, it's no, okay. I'm
2: super Canadian, like, um, I
1: super. get it. It's, I get it. It's okay. I was I was just being silly. Yeah, right. We can't give a real piece of advice yet, but man, we can. We'll be able to do that in the future. But for right now, this is what I want everybody to walk away from this, um, because not everybody listening to this is going to get one day one regardless. Right? Some of these no. aren't going to be making this decision this fall. They're going to be making it next fall or the fall after. Here's what. Absolutely. Here's the good news. The good news is both of these companies recognize that they need to sell you something and are not being uh, lazy about it. Lazy is the wrong word because they're never lazy, but in this case, none of them are just kind of resting on their laurels and saying, well, this is the PlayStation, you're gonna buy it anyway. They're all working to create a product that you actually want. And because both of them are working, that means that that healthy competition is only going to be good for all of us Um, because- man, we're going to be playing some pretty games. They're they're really going out of their way to give more freedom and more options to these de- designers and developers, and it's only going to get easier for them to create some of these mind-blowing experiences. Every time a generation changes, so games excited. get better. Games have never been better. Um, and um, I, people can fight me about that too, but just in general, right? Like, man, I, I, the, the options that we have... Um, are just and so amazing. Bridges. Yes, and it's only going to get cooler. So everybody, let's buckle up because um, they gave us the opening shots. Now we have a baseline for these consoles. Now we wait a few months, and yes. then eventually we're gonna have because this wasn't really supposed to be the big reveal for PlayStation. They, this is this is supposed to be a thing that was probably gonna be behind closed doors. And this
2: was this was something that was going to be likely and this is if I had to guess. I wasn't going to G D C this year regardless because I don't have an outlet. Um but if I had to guess that pay, this that was pays an you. in yeah, that pays me. Well, I mean like from a business perspective, I mean. Like I've got virtual know, economy know, now, which we can parlay into next year, but I don't think I can go to GDC and be like, hey, EFG you should let me in. Uh oh, you you definitely, definitely can't. Definitely not. Definitely no, can't. No, definitely not. It's not, it, there are, our audience is not developers or industry professionals, and that is okay. So <laughs> final word, final word on all of this is just like Steve said, this is the opening remarks. We got teases of it last year. We got a tease of the PlayStation last year. We got teases for the new Xbox last year. Now we're starting to see things really start to ramp up. Something to keep in mind, you are still going to see console exclusives. So we're not, I mean, Xbox is not doing Series X exclusives, but they will be doing first party exclusives. The difference there being Microsoft Game Studios will develop games for the Xbox ecosystem versus the PlayStation 5, which will have first party exclusive likely from places like Sony Santa Monica. You know, the folks behind God of War. Just it.
1: And I mean, yeah, like, like so, so PlayStation, your your PlayStation 5 is likely going to play for you Spider-Man 2 and God of War 2 and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2. And yeah, and Microsoft is going to give us more Forza and more Halo and then a whole bunch of mystery because they bought 15,000 studios and set them to work and we don't there. know what any of them are doing.
2: We really don't. They have, they've got studios like Obsidian Entertainment. Those are the folks behind The Outer Worlds and uh, Pillars of Eternity, among other things. They do own the folks that did Decay 2 and State of Decay, Uh, Forza. There's so many studios that they have pending on. And I know that, that Spencer, that Phil Spencer is shrewd that he is not gonna let these studios languish, that there's gonna be constant direction and feedback, right? Because that's just that's just how he tends to operate and he operates with transparency. So I'm really excited to see what Opt is gonna bring to the table. I'm super excited to see what Sony's gonna bring to the table. The most important thing to remember is that while we are in the midst of this pandemic, it is global and it is going to affect production pipelines. Even if they do launch this fall, Expect restrictions on uh, on stock. Yeah, there to so. be
1: shortages, man. Um,
2: yeah, like Wii shortages. If you if you look all the way back at the Nintendo Wii, I don't know if you remember how bad those shortages were. Oh, we know. That's kind of what I'm anticipating for the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation Five. Now, that's just a that's my own personal forecast based on what I'm seeing from the marketplace, but. Keep your expectations low for this holiday season in terms of whether or not you're going to be able to get at one of these consoles. But we will definitely give you all of the details along the way. I'm, Steve, like, unmitigated hype monster about both of these consoles. Like, I want them both.
1: Yeah, no, I'm pretty... I am very excited. I think one thing that's actually going to be contributing to... Like that whole complication as far as getting them is that there are fewer places that you can buy them because they have been closing. um You know, like back in the Wii, like you could just sneak in and grab one at Sears. Did they have or Sears? Toys
2: R Us? Or Toys R Us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So you know, so yeah, like, you could
2: go to Sears. You go to Toys R Us. Um, in Canada, there was the real Canadian superstore.
1: That sounds like, like a, a professional. It sounds like a pro wrestler.
2: No, um, it's really not.
1: But the it's actually
2: just a terrible supermarket. But but it the, serves purposes.
1: Yeah, I mean people got to eat, and that's so there are so many few places. Few, that's why I'm so terrified about GameStop going out of business because like that's just a whole bunch of places where you could theoretically have found one of these things that you might not have.
2: Yes, well, and I mean we should talk about this the next time that we have a we have a conversation about video games and how folks tend to use GameStop and why some of the services that GameStop does offer, like being able to put a console on friggin' Layaway essentially, is so important. So... Yeah, well, I mean, we had that conversation.
1: Well, we will definitely talk about that. I know you. you know that that impacts me directly. I mean, we had a conversation did, about yes. that when I came to your house. Um, yeah, so huge. Anyway, so everybody and Amanda, would you believe that that was episode 214 That's of the Engaged Family Gaming thing. Podcast?
2: It's been. This is two fourteen. Oh my
1: yeah, god. Two hundred and fourteen, um, and also your first episode with my wife. Um,
2: That's the last. I'm probably looking forward to round two.
1: Probably not the last. So everybody, until next time. I only have one favor to ask. First, uh, I hope you guys have peaceful times. Um, everybody's going through some stress. Let's all just stay
2: hydrated. Stay
1: hydrated. Do practice self care. Do what you got to do. Um, we're gonna keep pumping out entertaining stuff. There's, we're giving you stuff to read almost every day. Um, I'm going to get back to the to the EFG daily commute once we get back to a new normal. Um, although it's not looking like I'll be go- having an actual commute for months, uh, but we'll be getting back to it. Um, I would encourage everybody to listen to the e- to come watch the EFG show every Thursday night at eight no nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Because me and Jeff have been killing it. Um, So until next time, I hope you have a great week. And uh, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Op by Kevin McLeod, an audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.